Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sportsbook. Football continues, and of course, hockey season. You can bet pregame, live and play, or in one of their many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadian Sports Interaction is uh, easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. She scores! Take a moment to look up at the ceiling. You're about to bust through it. SDPN, the PWHPA and Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook, presents Hockey, like you've never heard it before. The Noxie and Cax Show, with Liz Knox and Carol Emard. <laughs> Let's get it, go! Welcome back to the Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN. I'm your host, Liz Knox. Joining me, Carol Emard. And I'd love to say that I lost my voice calling four of six games in Toronto, Nova Scotia, but... It was probably belting Don't Stop Leaving at Julia's Lounge intro on Saturday night. In any, in any case, Cax, why don't you start us <laughs> off, lead us into our episode by introducing our guest. I absolutely love that. And I have the same issue. So we have beautiful voice for this absolutely um, it's super... soul tree voice. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it's the same uh, circumstances. I feel pretty sick, though. I'll take it that mm. way. We feel more, bad for you. Way more calm than you are, you know, so I don't join in those <laughs> things. No, but um, actually introducing one of my favorite guests that we tried to get on the pod for now two years. So finally, um, she decided to join us. My favorite Saskatoon hockey player or Saskatchewan hockey player, maybe I should say. My friend, your favorite number 26 from the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> A big fan of the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm so happy to introduce you all to Emily Clark. Woo! Welcome, Clarky. I like Clarky better. We should stick with that for the rest of yeah. the show. I respond, spawn cooker to Clarky. Okay, be- <laughs> before we get into our, our news slash, I have to ask you because on my Instagram feed, I get those hats promo to me probably once a day, and I am so close to buying the Mighty Ducks one. Where did you get that hat? You got to do it. This is um, a smaller company called Celico. Um, and I just followed them like last year and commented some flames on this hat because Philly is my team. Um, I actually just saw it today. They came out with a no- North Pole pond hockey hat with a Santa on it. So that might be the next purchase. Um, I like oh, it. and that's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And speaking of hats... Team Harvey's was rocking some sick lids this weekend, I noticed. Maybe it helped them, maybe it didn't, I don't know, but Team Harvey's <laughs> came away on top. Uh, you guys finished with 10 points. You guys are on top of the Secret Dream Gap Tour standings with 10 points. You had two regulation wins. One, of course, in overtime. <laughs> it was no surprise who scored. <laughs> she did it this again. Is now. <laughs> it's honestly like... You don't even celebrate as much anymore because it's kind of like, oh, it's about time. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, like, she was going to do you, it, her thing. Why did she wait so long, right? Why did she take so long yeah, to get exactly. it? <laughs> she gave someone else a chance and then she just took yeah. things in her own hands, I think. <laughs> yeah, she's like, all right, I want this game to be done. Let me just do this. Blue pass on the right wing. Just an incredible finish. If you haven't seen the highlights, go to our Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Mary Philippe Lynn in overtime. As, as always. And also with the PWHPA, the votes are in. So we kind of teased this last episode. Uh, the players have been voting on who they want as their all-star captains. 
Now, I have inside intel, but we've we've selected our four captains. Clarky, you might not even know this. We're not going to tell you who it is, but the all-star votes are in. That will come out next week. And Cax, why don't you tell us about uh, what else we got going on this weekend? <laughs> well, um, this weekend, actually, we've got the um, Hyundai Hockey Hall of Fame uh, Legend Classic. So Sunday, November 13 at 3 p.m. at the Scotiabank Arena. Uh, limited tickets are available and everything, but Team Lindros will be taking Team Sundin. And we've got um, two or four of our favorite, maybe. Let's put it that yeah. way. We've got yeah, two Gina- all four. Yeah, Jana Effer, who's going to be playing with Vicky uh, Sonara. Sonara, wow, this is a good voice, and the French coming out hard. They will be playing with the Lindras team, okay? And then on the other side, we've got Cami Granado and Tessa Bunham that will be joining the team Sunday. So again, hhof.com for your tickets and all information if you need to go or want to go. And back and- to you. Really cool for the Hockey Hall of Fame inductees. We have our first European female being inducted. That's Hannah Rika Salonen. I hope I said her name right. She actually won't be at the induction ceremony. I was talking to my inside information at Hockey Hall of Fame because she's a frontline healthcare worker in Finland. This is women's hockey. We got real lives, real jobs, but she averaged 2.92 points per game, 135 regular season games, scored 201 goals, 395 points. She led the first ever 1998 Olympic Winter Games, the games that like me, Cax, Clarky, we all watched those games and had a dream set out. And she was she led those games and then also became the oldest player passing men or women, passing Timu Solani, the oldest player to win an Olympic gold medal in ice hockey in 2018. So we're super pumped to see her going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Looking forward to that Legends Classic on Sunday. And now we're going to get to Emily Clark. Actually, before we get there, Clarky, were you? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. This is perfect. Clarky, you're born in... You were born in... 90- 1995. Okay, good. Three years old. You know what? No, this is she perfect. Was, she was born. <laughs> this is, she was born. Okay, three years old. She played against her. Clarky, you played against... What? In 2018. You actually did... If I'm not mistaken, by any means, at some point, either at Worlds or the Olympics. I think that's... Yeah, I would have. Yeah. Yeah, 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 guys. If it was the last, like, Olympics, I guess, presence that she had there at 45 years old. Wow. Right? The oldest. Emily Clark played against her. So, not only was she... I just wanted to bring it back there. As you were saying a bunch of, like, I was like, ooh, Clarky, you actually played against her. Yeah. It was funny this weekend because, like, I talked to a couple of, like, the rookies in the PWHPA. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was born in 1998. And I was like, oh, my God, I need a Tylenol. I need to go to bed. (laughs) I'm not so old. What are you talking about? Your voice is a product of (laughs) Julia's. I don't think that's true. (laughs) Julia's got the best of me, not once, but twice this weekend. Chiro, Nova Scotia. If you're in the area, that's the place to go. Let me tell you. It's a good time. Okay. <laughs> Over to Emily Clark. So at mclark.26, that's your Instagram and Twitter handle. Is that correct? Uh, the Twitter handle oh. is um, mclark13 because that was my high school number. Yeah, because that was probably the last time you used Twitter because you're <laughs> not She's on old TikTok like as us. well, too. I guess we should go there. Yeah, yeah. At least my birth year starts with a 19. It's tough to 
That's true. Now be playing with players that are, oh, 2001s, 2002s. Like, oh, gosh. I, I won't get into it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Moving on. <laughs> so you can follow Emily Clark at those handles. And she's playing on Team Harvey's this year. Harvey's slogan, it's a beautiful thing. You can customize your burger. So we want to know at the Noxian Cack Show, <laughs> you have an off day. I know that you guys stay super busy. I saw it firsthand this weekend. Um, you guys stay super busy. Let's just say you have an off day and you can have it customized the way you want it. What makes your off day a beautiful thing? Well, first I'll say we do say it's a beautiful thing often in the Harvey's room, especially when Poulin is scoring overtime winners. It's like, <laughs> it's just a beautiful thing. Um, but off day, Burger Choice Cax knows this. I love my burgers and I love food like that. Um, but I, I keep food. it simple. Pickles, lettuce. Tomatoes, ketchup, nothing crazy. Bacon, cheese, maybe actually it's a little bit more. So what she's just saying, simple now that I'm starting to go on. What she's saying is she would probably get herself a burger and some nice poutine probably if she was around this oh, area. Oh, yeah, after my, after my couple years in Montreal. <laughs> but I mean, on, if I'm being truthful, it's not even an off-day thing. That's, like, That's an everyday thing. <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you spend your downtime? Let's say, actually, let's just go right to Monday, I guess. Did you fly out? You flew out, um, what would it have been, Monday morning, Sunday night? Um, yeah, well, it was supposed to be Monday morning. We had a five-hour delay, so we had a long day on monday so i spent monday um just catching up on laundry and honestly we i actually had a burger on monday to be truthful um but typically in my in my downtime um i have a big family like family super important to me and my sister brother-in-law and nephew are in calgary with me so um usually on off days i'm over there as much as i can um, and recently I've actually gone into, which might be a surprise to Cax, cooking. Um, I like cooking a lot and <laughs> I also treated myself to a pretty nice coffee machine. So I've been trying to figure that out. Okay. Lately. A little coffee connoisseur. Yeah. Little espresso. Like what's, what's your, Barista? what's your Starbucks order? Um, it changes, but it's funny. Like before I went to Montreal, like in college, it would be like, Ice caramel milkshake, like no coffee, just as much sugar and flavor. Frappuccino, extra whipped cream, probably. Yeah, cat's nose. And then, but during COVID in Montreal, it was so locked down. Like the only thing we could do was like go to a coffee shop and go for a walk with our friends. So as COVID went on longer, my sugar intake in my coffee went down, um, and I actually started to enjoy the taste of the coffee. So um, I like just a plain latte now, flat white. Nice. And I, I overdid the pumpkin in October, but that pumpkin cold brew was pretty good. Well, you have to do you, it. That's you had good. your Uggs on and your scarf and you got your pumpkin spice in, but now yeah, you're growing you up. Know. Now you got your <laughs> yeah. lattes. I'm a different person yeah. this month. Finally. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Okay, so let's go back to kind of, I don't know, we won't go too, too far back. Uh, just yet. Actually, let's go back. Let's go way back. I don't let's care. Go, let's go, let's go back, back to, to growing up in Saskatchewan. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what was like growing up there. Um, you know, you mentioned your family, just kind of like how you got into hockey, what brought you to the game, and, and what led you to some of your maybe uh, high school and college experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like I have like a very typical kid from Saskatchewan hockey story. I have four older brothers and an older sister. 
Um, all four of my brothers played. So like within days of being born, I was in a rink because when you have a big family, like three <laughs> kids are going in this car, three kids are going in that car. You have to go to everyone else's practices before you go to yours. <laughs> um, but I loved growing up that way. It was so chaotic and so fun. And um, me and my brothers were constantly anything around hockey, playing chill, mini sticks, shooting pucks, um, or just running around the rink. So I think that's a big part of like, honestly, why I've been able to do certain things in my career. Cause I just have always loved it. I've been a rink rat. I love being at the rink. Um, my dad actually, since I was 13 has ran a rink. So that's also been extremely beneficial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So hockey has been definitely, yeah. I've been a hockey player as long as I can remember. Did you, um, did you grow up playing like on the boys side a little bit? Like, you know, I'm not saying small town growing up playing hockey, but kind of like, so good chances. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, you got it. I mean, Saskatoon is a bigger center, but growing up at the women's hockey and female side was not as developed as it is now. So I was always one of, me or one of two girls on my teams um all growing up but uh, i mean i loved it like i'm sure you guys did um (laughs) you're just one of the boys you didn't think anything different until maybe you're 13 14 and it was time to make that change so um i played boys hockey until i was 13 and then i switched and played midget triple a um for the saskatoon stars nice nice and that's where pretty much you would have probably done like what league was that in it wasn't Till probably the year after or the one maybe after that that you went to OHA as far as like the hockey academy. So you probably got recruited, I'm, I'm assuming, and then went there with the girls. Yeah, you there. got it. So, yeah, I played three years. It's the under-18 Sask AAA okay. League. Um, and then I was going into grade 11 and I, I'd already played there for three years. And at this point, you know, maybe a little bit crazy, but like – before school, what I was either on the ice or in the gym before school, full day of school. Then I'd go practice with my um, U18 team, homework, sleep, repeat. And it's like when you're a 16-year-old kid, I don't know how long you can do that for. So um, being able to go to a hockey academy like OHA, it just condensed my day. And I got to be around people that had the same you know, aspirations that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to play on national teams, wanted to play college hockey. Um, and I got to live in a vacation town for two years. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, all, all around it was a win. <laughs> yeah. That is That's amazing. awesome. Who, like, maybe just name off some names. Like, will we know anybody that you would have grown up playing with there at OHA? Um, at OHA, yeah, I played with um, Hannah Miller. Um, who else did I play with that would have played on? Oh, come on. Michael Hart. I played with Michael Hart both my years there. Um, Jeez. uh, It's been really fun. I know. On the spot, I'm like... It's okay. That was like 10 years ago. people I played with. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, Me and Micah have a very special relationship because, well, she's in grade 10. I was in grade 11. Um, And just like, yeah, going through that, we both had the same dreams, pushed each other all through high school, and now we've been on this crazy national team Olympic journey p-dub journey together so it's been really cool to grow up together that is so cool yeah Mm -hmm. like there's very few people that came out of stovall ontario but the ones that did that like went well like britney smith went to SLU. you know like you feel really connected because you feel like you've really grown up with these people right um definitely 
Yeah, you have the Go same ahead, path and the same, uh, maybe even you train in the summer with them, even when they come back from college and stuff, Maxie. Like, I don't know if you did that with Britt or if you I didn't stayed. really train very much, so that's <laughs> probably why I'm hosting a All podcast right, so. and not at, a, not at Olympic camp. <laughs> Oh, I love it. But no, those are the connection you keep for a long time. Like I haven't seen Brit in forever, but I know head coach at Syracuse now and like, you know, whenever we can catch up, uh, it's, it's like the same, you reminisce on your years together or your years in college. And I just love that and the connection you make throughout your journey. And yeah, that's another one yeah. that you kept and still alive now, Clarkie. So we'll give a shout yeah. out to, you know, Micah Hart. <laughs> she was part of it. Don't forget about her. <laughs> And and like you say, like so many, so many girls, like whether they end up staying and playing and like are fortunate to kind of pursue the elite path or they get into coaching, like so many girls just find their way back into hockey. I think it's, it's almost ingrained in us to like stay in the game and give back to the game. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it was that drew you to Wisconsin to go to Wisconsin? We had Nursey on last episode. I don't know if you you probably haven't seen it yet. You guys had a busy weekend, but she was like... (laughs) like steadfast that she wanted to be at a big school, which is like blows my mind. But why don't you tell us a little bit about why you want to go to Wisconsin or, or maybe some of your options, like what drew you there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like growing up in Saskatchewan, like not a lot of girls where I'm from went the NCAA route. So I honestly didn't really know that much about it until I started getting these emails and letters. Um, And then I knew it was something that I wanted to do, but I didn't have anything in my mind of like big school, small school location. Um, I think it's kind of crazy when you're like 15, 16 getting asked these questions. It's like, I don't know, how am I supposed to know? So I was really lucky though. When I was at OHA, Gina Kingsbury was my coach actually. So um, she definitely helped me through that process, helped guide me and kind of narrow down and make me think about those questions. Um, So then it ended up, being that I went on three official visits, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Cornell. Um, and for me, it was just a, a feeling. I honestly really liked my visit at Minnesota. Um, but now after going to Wisconsin, it's like, I could never have gone here. Like, we hate those guys. Um, can't believe I even considered it. No, uh, they're very similar programs. But for me, it was like just getting on campus. And I didn't know that I wanted a big school. But once I was on campus and like, went to the football game and see how busy it is. I think for me, it was hard to pass up that like full college experience. It wasn't even about hockey in school at that point. It was like all the other things you get to soak up. And um, I mean, obviously I do like certain shiny things. So the brand new rink and all the facilities. I was going to say, like, come on, talk about the fluff here. We know. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah the, we, we, the gear. We were bumping Wisco last episode saying oh, you guys just done. like, you're just like the gold standard for colleges and universities. When we were going to school anyways. Oh, they oh, still yeah, are, I think. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, think. I, I mean, Cax knows I could use this whole podcast to talk about Wisconsin. Well, and she like, will I, say from University <laughs> of Wisconsin about a hundred times. Too. <laughs> you know, just say the full name, put some respect <laughs> on it. No. Um, yeah, I actually, I saw, I was thinking of that. I watched the Maple Leafs video on social media and it was like a question of who still talks about their junior hockey the most. And they all said Marner and they're giving him a bad time. And I was like, that would totally be me if they asked like, who <laughs> just can't cut the cord and stop talking about the university. Like that would be me. I, I could talk about Wisconsin all day. I love that. What was your guys, uh, 
I don't think we asked Nursey this. What was your guys like? You have like up, up, big green. Like, what's the thing you guys say at, let's say, sporting events, but probably mostly at parties? What's what's the Wisconsin like? <laughs> uh, well, it's like on Wisconsin is like their on slogan or whatever. But I mean, anytime jump around comes on, yeah. the girls go crazy. Yep. Yeah. So our W's up no matter where we are. <laughs> so oh. people get annoyed, but. There's power in numbers, so we just hang out together. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. As you should. It's okay. We respect. It's okay. We'll give it to you. And then Cax and I were it. trying to, like, narrow this down, like, timeline-wise. Did you go to the 2018 Centralization Olympics and then have to go back? Not have to. Obviously, you were more than willing <laughs> to go back yeah. to Wisco, but... Maybe talk us through that kind of transition year because that's it's not an easy thing to do to like leave school to train for the Olympics and then go back to being a student athlete. Yeah, definitely. It was something that I didn't really think about as I was in college. Like obviously I had my goals set on being gone that year, but then once it actually happened, um, there was definitely a bit of a transition period of like I was so focused on getting to centralization, making that roster. Um But then when I got back to school, I had like two full classes of new teammates, like the sophomores and incoming freshmen. Um, The class that was below below me were now my classmates. Um, Just little stuff like that that you don't really think about maybe being like a bit of a difficult transition, trying to get to know everyone and make those relationships. Um, But honestly, I really enjoyed getting to take the year off and coming back as opposed to graduating and going into that year just because that whole year, as amazing as it was, I got to realize like exactly what I had at Wisconsin. So going into my senior year, like I had missed it so much and I just like knew all the things I wanted to soak up um, before my time there was done. Yeah, that's a really important message, I think, for, you know, if we have listeners in, in the university times, like I'm working with the U of T this year and I like it's hard to tell your seniors like you don't know how good you have it right now. Like yeah. just soak in every moment. So mm-hmm. it's, it's ironic that the Olympics was your like realization. Cause that's also obviously a very, very <laughs> cool moment to soak in, but, yeah. but it is true. Like you only get four years of college, right? So uh, taking that time to really appreciate the experience there is, uh, is probably something that, you know, you're very fortunate to have had, even though, yeah, you also got to the Olympics in between. It's pretty standard, <laughs> really. Comes back and yeah. has an extra year. No, yeah, no that, big deal. that was all right too. But uh, and no, like, it, I was. And didn't you? Like, going, yeah. I was just gonna say. And didn't you? You won before or after you came back from the Olympics, Natty Champ. Uh, after I came back. Wow. So on top of it, double win. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just he you ended up. your career in a good, on a hot streak. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah. I mean, yeah, it was uh, nice, like, especially my, um, like, the storyline of it all, I guess, like, in my three years there, we lost in the semifinals twice to Minnesota, I roll, whatever, <laughs> um, and then my junior year, we lost in the finals to Clarkson, so it was like, I'd come so close all three years, and then my senior year, we beat Minnesota, and Clarkson in the semifinal and final. So it was just like wow. revenge tour. I was like, there you go. No That's a good way to end it. We have to talk about it. It was a cherry on top. That's a Taylor sure. Swift song right there. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 
It's a revenge <laughs> song. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever motivates you, whatever you need to yeah. use. Um, <laughs> that's incredible. And then, so tell us a little bit what it was like, unbiased, honestly, what it was like going from you go to the Olympics, you win a national championship with Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, I should say. Yes. And then <laughs> you come to like post college women's hockey. And at a time where like, I can only imagine what it was like for you guys walking into this being like, what the f- frick am I getting myself? Yeah, like, was- we had already lived it. So we knew the politics, the drama, like we knew what we were doing, but you're just walking in here being like, oh, I just want to play hockey. Tell us about like your, your first year, maybe after college. Yeah, it was nuts. Because even my senior year, I went from, like, straight from Frozen 4, I had one day that was a very fun day after we won, um, <laughs> before going to pre-world camp. Uh, oh. Maybe not feeling 100%. Um, feeling like anyways, how I felt on Monday after Churro. <laughs> yeah, I sounded a lot like you going to, to my pre-world camp. Um, and then at some point when we're in Finland before the tournament starts, that's when the CWHL folding news came out. And then all of a sudden we're having these meetings with the American girls about how we we don't have anything in place for next year now. Um, and it was just like such a high to such a low and uncertain and like thinking about, I mean, I think a lot of times it's hard not to think about if you were in men's hockey and yeah. you were coming off a national championship and what your next year would look like versus what the reality of ours was. Um, So then I made a decision late in August that year to go to Montreal because I knew a lot of my development would be based on who I'm around day to day. At that point, we weren't sure how many games we'd have. Um, And I was like, I got to be in the same place as Cax. Exactly. (laughs) um, But I do do remember, um, and this is where the University of Wisconsin story comes from, is... (laughs) We did a documentary where I was c- contrasting my first weekend of hockey outside of my senior year compared to at the University of Wisconsin. Um, and it was funny because the year, or our first trip was to Toronto for the P-Dub. Um, and on my Snapchat, I had memories from the one year prior. Um, and my last year at Wisconsin on that day, I was boarding, walking up to my chartered flight to fly to Ohio with Chipotle waiting for me on my seat. Not to sound, not to brag or sound. Oh, nice. You were talking about that too. So keep going. It's all good. Yeah. So my Snapchat memories is literally us walking up to the plane. And meanwhile, we're waiting for our bus on the day of the game to drive straight to the rink to Toronto. And the bus was late. It was like a half hour late. So at this point, we were already being like, okay so-and-so ride with LaCasse and her Jeep and you'll convoy with them. Like we were going to drive our own cars to the game because the Mm -hmm. bus, like we had to go to make it in time for the game. And I just remember being like, wow, the difference a year makes like (laughs) for um, you. Like honestly, that year was so, and then even just, I mean, in your case, like there's some kind of support you're following, you know, the hockey, like hockey Canada development, everything like you guys are, are well supported and there's like mini uh, camps that happen all year long. Right. So hockey mm-hmm. was like kind of like there, but even like anyone else and, and you guys in the picture, like these tournaments were like, were arranged almost on the fly and shout out to Jaina yeah. and everyone Big that was time. part of like doing it. I remember we did a golf tournament here in Montreal to raise money to pull in players like 
buy their flights from Minnesota and like other places so that we could play two games in Montreal. So everything was kind of like, like just organized on the fly. And then everyone was trying to deal with it as they could. Right. It was crazy. It was a matter of timing, right? Like the CW folded in, I'll say May. And then, well, when when were you guys at Worlds? Was it May or March? March. March. So yeah. April. April. And then like as a player, as the players, we weren't even a players association at the time. Like we didn't know what the shit was going on. And we're just like, what are we going to do? And then we had to like grab like our resources and our people to be like, Hey, we need somebody who can organize us. And there was so much going on. So yeah, the matter of timing yeah. is just incredible. But I, I do want to know Clarky. So, cause I'm trying to picture you like fresh out of college at world championships. Like you, your first taste is like, oh, let's go into this conference room with the U.S. team who we want to absolutely <laughs> shred in about six hours and talk about our feelings, like talk about what we're going to do for women's hockey. Who like and how and how we, we need to stick together. But we hate. Yeah, each other yeah right let's now. stick like, together. Like, I, I'm wondering who in that room, like when you're in that moment and frankly, probably not knowing very much, like I'm not to insult your intelligence or anything, but I find a lot of kids coming out of college just don't really know what they're walking into. Mm-hmm. So who in that room were you looking at to be like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, you know, was there anybody that stood out or any voice that you were like, oh, okay, like we, we need to do this? Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. I was kind of like, and at that point, it was a really sad day at the same time because all my teammates just lost their league, their teams. And I feel like I had a lot of empathy for them because I knew my place. Like I'm still in college. This technically doesn't, like it is going to affect my future, but in the same breath, like this really affects these girls that are currently playing in that CWHL. So um, I think for me, I just knew it was kind of my time just to step back and let them have like, process how they needed to mm-hmm. um and just try to get on the same page as what the i don't know what the voices were saying but in that conference room it was just like anyone could say whatever they thought would help or need to get off their chest but i mean the same leaders that are leading now um in that room like i remember kendall talking a lot jenner talking a lot Pooh talking a lot hill um i mean it's it's yeah, I guess you just kind of yeah. you have you, have to you keep your ears open and you just want to um, support everyone. But I mean, I was obviously close with a lot of girls in the C Dub at that point, like M, Nurse, uh, Blair. All you guys were playing in it, so you just kind of like it's a mix of you think of your own circumstance, like oh crap, like I that I have nowhere to play next year. But at the same time, like everything they know now just kind of got pulled out from under them, and it was a really weird time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is, yeah, I, I believe that. <laughs> and and Noxie, I like that question because we did ask a little bit of people. I've talked about it, like, oh yeah, and then we had we had to meet while we're at Worlds, and you know, with our against our, or with our opponent, and try to come together, right? But actually, what was like, what was what was it like? We've never actually touched on that, so yeah, you, we weren't you know, there. <laughs> clearly not. We're on the phone trying to figure out and calling each other probably. Noxie, what the heck are we going to do next year? We need them to figure it out. So we were, I remember like waiting and, and to that exact point, like they're in Finland or like time changes on whatever thing. And then we're just like, when they come back, we will like do things. But people were waiting for us to react or to have like answers and everything. And I'm just like, can, can we just swallow this for a minute? Like, can, yeah. And so I can only imagine how it was like at Worlds trying to swallow this and refocus 
to then yeah. go play, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, that is, we just swallowed it and probably went out because that's the only thing we yep. could do. You yep. had a tournament to go play, you know, it's <laughs> totally different. So I just, uh, yeah, good question, Max. Yeah, it, it's it really you. hard for people to understand. Like, I, I, we always talk about the rivalry. We know there's a rivalry, whatever, but like the amount of like fuel between those two teams, like it's really hard to imagine in that moment like the two groups coming together to be like this is happening and and like you said like processing like real raw emotions of like sadness disappointment like anger processing that together and then the next day like go out and like play each other on the ice like it's it's hard to imagine yeah it's like it was a tough year for like some people that year olympic wise and then great year for others and then you know you get into worlds and then doesn't go as well either like like you need the positive to come yeah. out of this so i can only imagine how how they felt but and, we're and two we, years now yeah here <laughs> we are you're four um <laughs> and clerky you mentioned it a little bit but you knew kind of after the dust had settled so you you went back to wisconsin for a year so now we have this tour and we're figuring things out and so you yeah, knew you teams. want to be back in montreal <laughs> yeah you knew you want to be back in montreal training with the group of players that was there. Um, and I want to get to a little bit of your team Harvey's this year, because without throwing shade, like, listen, I'm a big team Harvey supporter, but you guys like had a little bit of a slower start, maybe in Montreal. And I felt like this past weekend in Truro, you guys really like, you played like a team, you played like a team who knew who they were, how they wanted to like execute on the ice, who they were as, you know, as a culture, which is something that's like unique to this year because we've never mixed rosters. So generally before you would go back to Montreal and you and Cax would be on the same team and you have your Red Bull before the game or whatever you guys do. <laughs> but this year is like totally different. So maybe talk us through a little bit like what this season so far, just last two showcases have been like finding an identity on a team that has like never been before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it kind of how, like, the first year the P-Dub had its own challenges or, like, things to adjust to. I mean, this year adjusting to not really training with a lot of girls on my team day-to-day and then all of us just trying to come together as quick as we can on the weekends. And I think that's probably what the difference was this weekend as opposed to the first weekend in Montreal. Um, and we joked about being the underdogs coming into this weekend because we were technically last in the standings. Um, so it is easier to climb the hill than stay at the top of the hill. But um, I think it's just a credit to like our girls talking a ton and, um, you know, Corey, our coach having meetings just to like talk about our systems, watch some video. Um, I mean, it's tough to get everyone on the same page and talk about every single system mm-hmm. there is to talk about in hockey. You don't want to overwhelm people or make people think too much. But um, I think it, there is something to be said for, you know, having those hockey talks and at least being predictable as much as we can to each other. Um, I think this season that will kind of be the name of the game and whatever team can become a team the fastest. And I think that's what happened this weekend. We just, we were clicking and we were buzzing and three wins on the weekend we can't complain with that the girls are buzzing let's go i like it i like it this is good just good and it's a good we're rolling for pittsburgh now and everything so hey 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 hey. no no table talk here okay this is not (laughs) this is not a Corey chevy meeting you guys can't start hyping each other up but no it's true it it showed it showed you know what's crazy it's 
players are like craving to be coached at this point too. Like it's like we haven't been playing, so coach me, right? So it's I, I keep hearing these things. So once the coaches try to like figure out what works for their teams, I think we're going to mm-hmm. see even more and more of that kind of cohesion and. And on that note, because we're talking about coaching, we want to talk about the EC26 camps that you've been doing out in Saskatchewan. Tell us about, like, first of all, when that started, who you're, who, like, what kind of campers are you looking to bring in and just kind of what that means to be able to go back home and, and kind of give back to the game the way you have. Yeah, I was super excited to finally be able to do that because it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, being the only player on the national team from Saskatchewan, since Haley Wickenheiser and Jess Campbell in 2016, I think. Um, so I definitely take a lot of pride in being like, I don't know, you guys know, like usually your favorite players are the ones that, you, I don't yeah, know, from, they're from where you're from or mm-hmm. whatever connection you can have to them. So something I don't take lightly. And, um, you know, throughout college, I was always at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in the summer. <laughs> um, and then... Um, when I got out of college, then COVID hit. So I've been wanting to run camps at home for a while, but just the timing never really made sense. But I finally got to do it this year. Um, and it just meant a lot. So for me, my biggest thing was like, I'm a pretty good hockey player, but it doesn't mean I'm necessarily the best coach. But I actually, my longtime skill coach that I've worked with since I was technically eight, not because my parents are crazy, because he went out with my older brothers and then I just, I got to tag along until I ended up going more than my brothers did. Um, so I've worked with, um, his name's Scott Dutra and he is by far had the biggest impact on me as a player, um, and person. So the camp, uh, you know, we kind of marketed it as you get taught by the same person that taught me. Um, and for me, it was just trying to have as much like touch points with the kids as possible, spending time with them off the ice. Um, and it was at my dad's rink. So there's just so many cool factors to it it's like it's where i grew up playing these kids get to come be coached by who i was coached by um we had some off-ice sessions some team building stuff um and then q a with the kids and parents um with me and my parents because the parents got to ask my parents questions and i'm melting (laughs) put my parents on the spot um that's so so really cool yeah and it was just so awesome like you know to get the feedback but just to have that time with the kids and um, see kids running around with the my logo and stuff. Like, it's just something that's always been a goal of mine, but to see it come to life and to fruition was really cool. And a really cool logo at that. I love that you bring your parents into the experience because I think often, especially new hockey parents, they don't really know. Like, mm. my parents were the same way. They was I was their first hockey player. They didn't know what they were getting into or how even, I didn't even know how to, try out for team Ontario till I was 18, right? Like it was like my last year and I was like, Oh, this is a thing that happens. Right. <laughs> so really, really cool that you get to have that family experience and, and share that with the young athletes that you have. How old are the campers at your camp? And like, what's your capacity? Uh, well, it was my first time. So, um, I definitely wanted, I wanted to do well, but it wasn't, it's not like it was about the money or, um, you know, getting as many kids as possible. Cause I wanted, it to be quality and you know for kids to come to the emily clark hockey camp and get to spend time with emily clark um so i had two groups 25 kids in each group uh there was a 8 to 10 and then a 10 to 12 um so it's kind of like dipping my toe in the water because i wanted to you know like all of us in anything we do you want to do a good job so um for me 
for the first year, I just wanted to knock it out of the park and um, got some pretty good reviews. Some people that say they're going to come back next year. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll try to get another group in there. But I mean, for me, it's, it's more just to give back and um, I don't just have be accessible role model to those kids. Yeah. You want to connect with the kids and you want to inspire them and, you know, and try to get out there and, and do their best every time they go. So I love that. love the idea. I love the, the small, you know, one-on-one type of feeling that you can get um, when the groups are too much. It's almost if like, Oh, which one was it again? Or so that, that is a cool, I like that a lot. Clark, you yeah. Know? And having my, um, having Scott run the ice times just gave me time to, touch like have touch points with all the kids um throughout the practice like i'm not worried about like gathering these what feels like kittens Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like like, come over here (laughs) um you know i can like give individual feedback or just you know like have time to make up a silly nickname or whatever it is that just makes those kids feel like they they got to build a friendship almost so um yeah that's really awesome and I, I feel like this is going to be my interpretation here, but because I've never played with you, Clarky, but I feel like that's kind of the kind of teammate that you are also. You're somebody who, we said this in the nursery episode, but you're somebody who l- likes to enjoy their time at the rink, right? So how, like, how has your identity maybe changed or stayed the same since, you know, back playing in Saskatchewan, going to Wisco, and now on the national team? Because... We've talked about this a little bit uh, on our show. Like the national team, you have 25 roster spots mm-hmm. and every spot has a purpose. Like we talk about with Raddy a lot, being a 13th forward and just really leaning into that role. So <clears throat> maybe tell us about how you found your identity and kind of what that identity is to your teammates. Yeah. Wow. That's, I feel like I could get real deep with this question. Get deep with us. Uh, Come on, girl. Let's go. Let's go. Um, no, I mean, like not to keep talking about, Saskatchewan I thought I'd talk about Wisconsin more but like being from Sask I feel like like growing up the values instilled in me are just like humble hardworking, help your neighbor in this case be a good teammate so um I think that I've I've had those kind of values and thought that that was important from a young age um and like you said I'm like a rink rat like I like being at the rink I like having fun I'm definitely not the kind that's too serious before the game um, so, I mean, off the ice, just trying to be like a light energy. Um, and then when you talk about roles, I think something that has brought me a lot of success at the national team level is embracing the roles. I haven't always had the most flashy role, um, you know, similar to, to Raddy, especially in my early years, it's like third, fourth line. Great. Like I, I love to grind. I like hitting people, um, <laughs> bringing energy. Like, as you know, we rebranded the penalty kill to the power kill. Like I love that stuff. Um, so in recent years, it, the role has changed a bit, but I still think it's kind of like I'm in a position where wherever they need me, I'll adapt to it. If I'm playing with Blair and I need to run people over and really play good defensively. Like I love doing that. If I play with Pooh and, try to score some goals and get her the puck. Um, I love doing that too. So I think as you get older, I feel like it's easier said than done, but when you really embrace that, like everyone's role is important and valued and you embrace that, I feel like you're way better off. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing two things here. I'm hearing embrace your role and everything and also be confident in that role. 
Because what you're saying right there is like, okay, you can go be a grinder or Fort Line or whatever, peak air, but you can also play power play. And knowing that you have the skills to do it and to stay confident in that and doing both really well, then that's huge too. So it's like a mental, like, I don't know, strength that you have. So shout out to that. But players need to also work on that when, you know, they come around those kind of roles and they buy in. Know that if the coach is giving you a shot, it's because you deserve it. Go and, and take it and play like a confident player. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, you're, you're being like humble about it, but you can do both. So you're a very versatile, versatile player. And yeah, it, it, as you should, and you're confident in it. And that's kind of what we saw last weekend and we keep seeing, you know, over the years. So, um, I think players more and more just need to like, okay, I'm here. I should do it. Don't be nervous. Just go and attack that role and, and know that you can actually do it. So I don't yeah. know. I like it. No, I, I appreciate it. And then I also feel like in recent years too, kind of like, and we've talked extensively, but not putting <laughs> yourself in boxes necessarily. Like I joke about, you know, it's easier to say grinder, but I feel like sometimes that has such a negative connotation to it. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's actually a skill. Um, and yeah, it's also, can just, do it. Yeah. And just because, you know, you're out there to be maybe more responsible or whatever the case, it doesn't mean you can't go score as well. Like, I think, um, you know, in recent years, just not putting myself in a box and, um, yeah, really trying to hone in like what I know I bring and bringing it when I can. I love well, it. And like I said, like I... I can tell that about you having never played with you, which speaks volumes to the kind of body language that you bring to the game and, you know, just keeping it light. We can see you guys like playing air piano in between periods and just making sure that the people around you are having a good time, which I think is a really uh, underrated role to play that you play very, very well. So keep that up. We do want to ask a couple more questions. I want to know, talking about Saskatchewan, <laughs> we've just been honing in on the home hometown. Emily Clark is going to be the new nickname. Yeah. Um, what was it like to come home with gold in 2022? Yes. What was your airport experience like? Uh, I mean, the video got a lot of traction more than I was expecting it to. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy that, that, I mean, it was just the guy that works at the airport just took the video. Like I didn't ask him to, I didn't, um, I don't know. I'm really happy that there was the video because it, it was just so special and powerful. Um, the difference of these games, like not having your family there, um, like getting back my feet in Saskatoon and getting to share that with my family. was I, I say it's like the best part of the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but mega bonus that all those kids and, you know, people I played growing up with came out. My Some minor hockey coaches that I had were there. Um I don't know. Sas Saskatchewan just takes so much pride in their people. And, you know, you can feel it through social media when you're over there and stuff, but you're so dialed in on what you're doing. So to like really feel that in person, like that's something that I'll, I'll never forget. That was so, so cool. It was the yeah. cutest video too. It gave me chills. It. <laughs> Seriously. It, it was a great video. I'll, we'll have to send Jesse the link so we can uh, post it up. I'm sure it's probably on your social media. I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. so we'll have we'll to link that. that to make sure that our, our viewers can can check that out. And Cax, do you want to finish us off with uh, our, our burning question, really, burning for guests question. of the of our second season? <laughs> oh boy. So, yeah, well, as you may have heard in uh, previous episodes, we like to ask our guests um, if, again, league is happening, it's perfect, you get to choose, actually, uh, your dream city. And... Um, where would it be and why? 
And, and, you know, it's got everything that University of Wisconsin has, to be honest. So don't worry about it. It's Madison. Just, no. Yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> Anything but You Madison. can, actually. I, I, actually, actually yeah. you know what? It could be good, but then, then it, would, it would maybe play a bad influence for the games for Wisconsin. And you don't want to do that. You know, people mm, choosing yeah. between the two teams. Okay, so Dream people, City. Let's go back. Dream City. Okay. Anywhere in North America, where would you want your pro team to be at for the Women's League? Oh, boy. Um, as much as I love <laughs> Saskatoon and Saskatchewan, um, I actually, the second place or province in my heart is BC. Um, after my two years there, I, I love the energy, the vibes, the weather. Um, mm-hmm. So okay. Okay. I would lean towards Vancouver as a bigger center. But honestly, I've spent a little bit of time in Victoria. And it is like such an awesome place. Uh, you get the small town feel, the ocean. Um, I, I think Victoria would have my vote if I could have unlimited resources. And I feel yeah, like... Yeah hometown emily clark as we call her now is like <laughs> like you're a cool cat like you are going to be like longboarding on your downtime <laughs> and like surfing <laughs> taking in the mountains nice so, third wave coffee in him yes <laughs> i there can see i can see the marketing happening before our very eyes well clarky <laughs> thank you so so much for coming on with us like Cax said at the beginning, it was a long time coming. We were so excited. And thank you so much for sharing some incredible stories about where you came from and where you're going. Oh, it's well, amazing. I appreciate, appreciate you guys having me. And I also, I didn't get a chance to say it, but you guys said some really nice things about me. So I got some hype. And um, so thank, thank you guys. <laughs> oh, we try to do that. And of course, you can catch Clarkie and the rest of the national team. Take on the U.S. in the Rivalry Series. Kicks off November 15th in Kelowna, B.C., November 17th in Kamloops, B.C. couple B.C. cities there. Yeah. Who knows? Clarky might just be in her element. And then finally, <laughs> November 20th in Seattle, Washington. Next up on the Secret Dream Gap Tour, Pittsburgh. Right after that, November 26th to 27th, you girls are going to be busy. You guys flying are going to have a busy year ahead of you. Yeah, flying directly from Seattle to Pittsburgh probably too. We'll love it. And we then it. December 9th to 11th, All-Star Weekend, which next week we're going to drop our All-Star Captains. Hopefully, if I get that approved, I just said we were going to do it without <laughs> asking anybody, but I feel like I can do that. I think you're allowed. Uh, I think you're allowed, Liz. That's good. <laughs> I approve it's, it. It's my show. It's our show. We just do what we want. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Clarky, again, thank you so much for those listening in. Scheduling tickets at pwhba.com. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Clarky. Thanks, guys. The Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN, produced in partnership with the PWHPA and presented by Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Follow Noxie and Cax on Twitter at 27Noxie and at CareLMRD. The views expressed are those of the individuals and are not necessarily those of the PWHPA. Check out SDPN.ca for more Noxie and Cax and the rest of the SDPN crew. She scores!